Esker fans, Sam McEwen along with Amy Just. It's the showdown on Zoom on a day that does not feel like spring at all. It's the first day of the NCAA uh, tournament. Uh, a little bit of snow uh, in the Midwest today. Amy, hello, hello. How are you? Good. It's pretty dreary outside today. It is. Not enjoying this at all. Yesterday's weather was fine. I mean, it was in the 60s, but windier than I'll get out. And now it's like winter again. I love the Midwest. Welcome to Nebraska. You're you're from Nebraska. I am. Uh, Nebraska's I've fun. Never gotten used to it. Neither have I. Um, Nebraska football will be starting uh, its spring camp on Monday, and we're going to spend a good portion of the showdown talking about Nebraska football spring camp um, because uh, that's a big deal. And uh, Matt rules ready to roll. Uh, we're also going to wrap up Nebraska basketball. I want to remind our uh, our viewers, thank them for subscribing to Husker Extra and remind anybody who's watching the snippet to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to Husker Extra. Lots of coverage on the website this morning. Uh, two pieces from the WNIT win uh, that Nebraska had last night, including one from Amy. Uh, there's a preview on the NCAA Wrestling Championships. Nebraska Wrestling probably going to have a top five finish this weekend uh, in Tulsa. So those two things are out there. We've got a to-do list for Fred Hoiberg, which we'll talk about in, in, in a minute. And also plenty of spring football coverage, right? So we've got positional previews all this week. We've also got uh, five key questions, five position battles, walk-ons to watch. And then Amy and Tom Chattel will have columns on Sunday previewing. So we've got a ton. We've got a ton of stuff. You're going to want to subscribe to Husker Extra to get all of that coverage. Okay, let's move on to uh, spring football uh, very quickly. Uh, Monday, Monday, Monday is when it begins. Uh, it'll be a month-long process. Spring football begins on March 20th. It uh, ends April 22nd with the spring game. In between, the Huskers will have 15 practices, the 15th being the scrimmage, and they will host a crap load of recruits, which we'll talk more about next week, especially with that big March 25th junior day. Okay, so the way we're going to break up the, the spring camp preview here is we're going to break it up offense and defense. I guess we can talk a little special teams, too. We never want to forget the third phase. Uh, and then... One question we think will or will not be answered by the end of spring camp. We will start with the offense. Amy, what is one position, one position group, and one player that you're watching on that uh, on that offensive side of the ball going into spring camp? Offensive line, Ben Scott. I really want to see where they're going to use him. They've said it. it's not going to be for certain that he's at center. I think he'll probably end up there. Um but his addition and how that affects the offensive line, I think is really important. And then I know you just said one player, but the second one I'm going to be watching is Nuri. Like, how does he work his way back from his suspension? Um, you know, where does he fit uh, with the new additions and how things went last year? Um, I just think the chemistry of the offensive line with those two guys in particular is going to be very interesting to me. When you when you think about the group on the team that maybe needs to get the the best most quickly, I think of the offensive line. Mm -hmm. um, I think that may have been when when people when you go and ask fans like what's been the the weak link over the recent years, it seems like that's been the the group that people most quickly mention. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, how does Teddy come back? into that obviously we will that's not a question we will be able to answer this spring but i just think 
the offensive line as a whole is really interesting because there's so many subplots that go along with that with different people and how they fit. I like the offensive line too. I will pick uh, wide receiver. Um, and the reason I, I'll, I'll pick that position is because I think there's a lot to settle there. Um, there's a lot of competition, a lot of young guys in the program, also a lot of uh, guys coming back, some transfers. Um, it's a really interesting discussion. It just it just is. You start with the two transfers, uh, Virginia and Baylor, uh, as I, as I kind of call them. Um, you know, th those two guys coming into the program are going to be really interesting. Um, both have return ability. Both can kind of run the football out of the backfield. Uh, and then you've got the, the two receivers who are returning. And, you know, I, Xavier Betts and Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, they're interesting, right? I mean, the, they're, they've, both, they've both done a lot uh, at, at Nebraska already. Well, IGC hasn't done a ton. But, you know, if you, if you think, start. he did, he did. And, you know, when, when you, when you think about what he's potentially capable of, we know what Betts can do, um, the kind of player he is and, and the things that he did in 2021 when he was on, so to speak, a very dangerous player, big play guy, uh, whether he's running the football or he's catching it. And then you've got a bunch of, a bunch of young guys. Well, you got Marcus Washington, who's the returner. Uh, probably the returning top receiver. And then you got a bunch of young guys, Van Iron Bonner, and some more uh, that, that you're going to want to watch as well. They're, they're, they're probably not going to have all those receivers after spring camp. So I think Garrett McGuire, 23-year-old Garrett McGuire, is going to have a lot to, to kind of work through. Um, how do you, first of all, you got a, you got a veteran in Billy Kemp. Second of all, you got a veteran in Joshua Fleeks. Third, you got Marcus Washington, and he's pretty seasoned. He played three years in Texas and Nebraska. So you got those three guys, and then you got to try to find three more, and preferably four more. And you would hope that Betts and Garcia Castaneda are two of them. But then who who who's added to that mix? And then what do you do with the the stars that are coming in the summer? Right, Malachi Coleman, a few others. They've got some elite receivers showing up um, here in a you know a couple of months. So that position is what I'll watch. Player I want to watch is Gabe Irvin. I I, I get the sense that uh, they're they're pretty high on Gabe uh, and his ability. Um, interesting back. He gives you a combination of speed and size. That's something I think Nebraska would love to have at that position. I don't know that he was in the doghouse last year, Amy, but I, but I will but but I will say this. The, the running backs coach last year, who I really liked, did not feel the same way about Gabe Irvin that Ryan Held did. And um, I think you would have noticed the difference in the way they talked about him if you've been here in 2021. It just... I feel like Irvin's a guy that's going to come on. Fair enough. Yeah, that's what I see. On the defensive side of the ball, uh, okay, one position, one player, and it can be a couple of players. What What are you watching? Edges and outsides. Just because maybe the coaching staff knows what they're doing with that <laughs> now, um, but they sure didn't a couple weeks ago. Right. Um, so just how that's going to break down, how that's going to look, with the base three three five defense, how often are they going to you know switch to a four front? Um, how involved are the edges going to be? Are they going to be outside? Are they going to be true defensive ends? Mm -hmm. My cat is playing with my foot. I'm getting distracted. I'm sorry. Um, so that is really, really interesting to me, um, just because there's a several different ways that it could look. Um, there's going to be a lot of new faces at those positions. 
um, with the departures of several important guys uh, like Oshan and Garrett, to name yeah. two. Um, so how is that going to work? Um, the the guy that I'm going to be, well, two guys, I'm going to be paying most attention to are the two linebacker newcomers and Chief Borders and MJ Sherman. How do they fit? They've got a bunch of different skill sets that, you know, could be used in several different places. So are they going to be used like true linebackers or more of an edge rusher? Um, I'm just fascinated to see how that all shakes out. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think they got two pretty good players in Borders and Sherman, but, you know, that's on paper. Yep. That's on paper. We'll see. Um, I'm not going to say the secondary, although I, I do think if you're going to pick one position, that's probably going to lose the most scholarship guys. It might be the defensive backs. There are so many of them. Yeah. But I actually think that's pretty well set. Um, and maybe I'm wrong about that. I, I don't think I am that wrong. I think they've got two really good corners. They got two safeties, one of which is hurt. Um, and then I think they've got their nickel in, in Isaac Gifford, maybe Javen Wright. But outside of that, I, We'll see what happens there. I'll, I'll watch the defensive line. Um, you know, Ty Robinson's banged up. Um, Colton Feast is gone. That's a that's a big loss. Uh, it sounds odd to say, but it is. Um, Colton Feast is gone. And, you know, the, the prior defensive line coach, and by that I mean the one prior to the prior defensive line coach, did not recruit very well and, and didn't recruit a lot of guys that, that, are, that, that, that fit the program. A lot of them left. Uh, and so what's left behind, you know, you got a transfer in, you know, Texas A&M, Elijah Judy, got Nash Hutmaker. You don't have a ton of experience there. And uh, I don't know that it's the most athletic group I've ever seen either. And um, that's a concern in, in my in my view. Like they, they've got to get better there because you can't, in my opinion, I don't think you can just roll into a, into a season with that defensive line and feel really good that they're going to have to get a lot better. Um, in a short amount of time. Elijah Judy will be the one I'm watching. You know, the top uh, 250 player, four-star that went to Texas A&M. Didn't work there. A lot of good players at Texas A&M. Um, he left. He's at Nebraska because he has relationships with people on the staff. He's from Philadelphia. Uh, so I guess we're going to find out. You know, it's kind of a squat body. Uh, Nebraska hasn't had a lot of luck there, Amy. They, 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 since the, the Davis twins left, it, it hasn't been great. Uh, they've done the best they could, and they've pieced it together, and schematically they've figured it out. But, man, you'd love to have three just superstar defensive linemen, and that they do not have that. And so we'll have to see um, how, how it all fits together. So Elijah Judy will be the guy I'm watching. All right, what's one question that you expect to be answered by the end of spring camp? In so much that a question can be answered. Um, I think they'll figure out what they want from the offensive line for the most part. Um, with the exception of Teddy, of course. Um, I just think they'll figure that out. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of snaps to be had. Um, and I think as of right now on Thursday, March 16th, that Ben Scott will be the center. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I think they're going to know whether they need to go get yet another tight end. Um, yeah. I think they'll have a pretty good idea of what Eric Gilbert can and can't do um, by the end of spring camp. He's going to be given every opportunity 
to play and play a lot. Uh, and Thomas Fedoni too, um, both of them together. I mean, it's just, there's just no other way to put it. That's a position where you hope you can get better than you were last year, despite losing a start. Um, if Fedoni and Gilbert maximize their potential, I like where they're going to be. But this spring will be kind of a proving ground. I know Fedoni's going to be a little bit limited, but he'll be out there doing some stuff. Gilbert absolutely will. So I think they're going to know by the end of spring camp what they have at tight end and whether they need to go out and get yet another one. All right, what's one question you know won't be answered by the end of spring camp? Quarterback. Casey Thompson won't be full go, and it's not a fair fight between the two of them if one of them is not completely healthy. Sure. I'll be out there throwing some, Matt has said, but how much will that be? When will that be? I just don't think we get a clear picture on that until maybe the week before the season starts. Let me throw this curveball at you. What if Jess Sims has an incredible spring camp? You still you still wait it out, or you just say, "Hey, we know we know what we got here. We like what we have." I mean, there are two ways you could go about that, right? Like you fall in love with him; they already are. Um, if he balls out and has a good camp, I mean, you could tell Casey to walk um, so he can get an opportunity somewhere else. But I just I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I actually agree. I, I agree with you. I I think it's going to go into at least the late. Summer, I, maybe you know. I mean, Casey reserves the right to transfer. He, he. I think he's going to finish his schooling, so I don't know that there'll be a ton of complications there. We'll see. I, I, I agree that I'm. Not, I'm just not sure you're going to see anybody jump out in camp. Um, and I think it's going to necessitate taking it into fall because you want to win as many games as possible. And Casey's a gamer. You know, he is hurt a lot. I mean, he's had a bunch of different injuries over the course of his career, and that's not great. But he will play through almost anything once the season starts. So you do you do give him a chance there. Um, yeah, yeah. So my question that I don't think uh, will be answered by the end of spring is exactly what the three three five is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think they're going to have some sense of it, but not a total sense. And I'm on record as saying it's probably going to take a year. And people don't want to hear that, and they don't like hearing it. But uh, generally speaking, defensive schemes take a year to figure out and to put in and to adjust and tweak. And as I've said before, too, I'm not all that cons- I think they'll be able to scheme up a run defense. You can always scheme up a run defense. Um, but I think the system that they have is actually a run defense system. Um, I'll be I don't know what the pass rush will be. I'm not sure they know what it'll be. <laughs> like at this moment, I'm I'm thinking this is a team that, you know, there's 12 games next season, 24, the, the, getting to 22 sacks a game, 24 sacks for a season would be a hell of an accomplishment. I guess we'll find out. One day. My cat they, is super interested in that as well, apparently. So Yeah. That's good. Uh, okay, men's basketball. Um, we've both written a couple of things about just the end of the season. Um, it ended the way it ended. I think, you know, we, we were both kind of sitting there before the Big Ten tournament, we just kind of could tell Fred was a little uh, what what what's the right word queasy about that Minnesota game, and it and it came to fruition, you know. And they they got the start they wanted, but you know Minnesota just has some pieces that are tough for Nebraska to, to adjust to. 
Season's over. NIT said no. Um, Sam Griesel and Derek Walker are gone. Walker's the best post they've had since Alex Marich. So that's a loss. Huge loss. Griesel was a very good point guard. They've had some good point guards along the way, but what Griesel was probably best at was a leader. You know, he was a, he was just an off-court leader and an on-court leader. Um, pretty good player, but but a but a better leader. So they got that. And then there's Casey. And what do you think, you know, as you think about how important he was to the team during the stretch and what and what role he plays, how important is it that he returns to this team? Oh, it's vitally important because you look at just from a numbers perspective, you lose Greasel, you lose Walker, you lose Ban Demel, and then two players have entered the transfer portal in Oleg and uh, Denim Dawson. So just from a numbers perspective, losing five players is tough. You want that to be six, and you want that to be, you know, four starters. That's a lot. That's a lot. And then, you know, you factor in, you don't know what Joan Gary will look like when he's eventually healthy towards the end of the summer. Um, it's That's just a lot of change. So it would be really, really good for continuity and, you know, for the sake of, you know, the team being good <laughs> to keep Casey around. But ultimately that's his decision, yeah. um, whatever he wants to do. And it might take longer for him to make that decision. It really wouldn't surprise me if he goes and tests the waters uh, with the NBA, just because you can, it doesn't, you're not penalized for it. You learn a lot of really valuable information. Um, even if he has no intention of truly declaring for the NBA right now. Um, and that would extend the timeline, right? By a considerable amount. So you just have to keep all of these things in mind. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces there. But yeah, long, long answer short. Yes, keeping KSA would be incredibly important for them. The deadline to enter your name in the NBA draft early entry is April 23rd. April 13th is the deadline to get a draft advisory opinion. I suspect he'll do both of those things. Um, and probably do them before April 13th. The deadline to withdraw is basically June 1st. If you've written, it's, you know, it's 1159 on May 31st. It's June 1st. Um, so it's going to be a while. I suspect by then they will know all the other pieces. Of almost. I mean, they're almost certain to know all the other pieces. Uh, I don't anticipate a transfer this week. We're recording on a Thursday. I'd be surprised if they added anybody this week. I'd be kind of surprised if they added anyone next week. Sam Grizzle was a little bit of a unique situation because he was from here and he um, he immediately came and visited the school upon the end and the Summit League's tournament ends a week before the Big Tens. So Sam kind of knew and and so he, you know, he immediately visited this place upon, you know, the end of Nebraska's season. So it was a little bit different. It won't surprise me if it's if it's if it's a week or two. Uh, when you know could be the end of March before you start to see players trickle in. Um, I I would say this that they need a five, as Fred said, they need a point guard. They really need a shooter, and if that point guard is is also a shooter, great. But they need another shooter. Um, whether Casey comes back or not, you need a third, uh, and they did not have that. 
this year. You know, Casey and CJ were the shooters, and then Jamarcus kind of came on. But they missed out on Antonio Reeves, uh, who went to Kentucky, and understandably so. And they missed out on Baylor Sherman, who went to Creighton. So the question then becomes, you know, who do you go and get who's a shooter? And 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 that'll that'll be something to watch. Although I don't anticipate any of this happening, it's worth people remembering that there are three high major players from the state of Nebraska that are at other schools, and you just never know. And those, and we know who those three are: Isaac Trout, Hunter Salas, and Chucky Hepburn. The way that the transfer portal works, you just never know. You never know if if any of those players will end up in it. I'd be really surprised if Hepburn did. Um, I don't know anything about Trout's situation. As far as Salas, he's maybe the best defender Gonzaga has, but he doesn't get the ball a lot because they have a lot of other scores. And it's also possible that Gonzaga makes a run at the national title. So, do you do you have Gonzaga winning the national championship, or do you who do you have? Kansas, your alma mater. It's I know it's hard to repeat, but. I, I really like the way they look. You know, they lost to Texas. It is what it is. All of my friends who went to UT were all up in my text messages about it. I'm aware. But I don't know. I just think this team has an opportunity to go real, real deep into March. Mm-hmm. April. So we will see. Last year was really special. Um, so if it doesn't happen again, it's okay. I've got one recently. But... I think it would be really cool, and they could do it again. But their their region is tough, so tough. It so. is includes Gonzaga. I, I'm I'm one of these people that does multiple sheets because I don't want to be overly devastated after the first two days. I want to keep some irons in the fire. But my primary sheet has Gonzaga winning the national championship. I so. am a team one bracket. That's good. Stand by your. You got to play based on the, but you know, based on the rules, Amy. You got to play it around a little bit. Like if you're, if you're in one of those bracket, if you're in one of those contests that gives you extra points for each upset you pick, I'm picking upsets. Give me some three fourteens. Give me some four thirteen. Like I do it. So I got. I'm in one. I'm in one contest where I got Furman beating Virginia. And I got Tennessee losing to whoever the hell they're playing. I can't even remember who they're playing. Because you get extra bonus points for picking up. You know what I'm saying? So you got sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta roll the dice. No, stand by bracket. I get it. I get it. Who are who are your other final fours? Uh Baylor. Yeah. Um, sorry, Creighton fans. Um and Texas, I believe, and I don't remember the other one. So, yeah. Here's mine. My, in my main one, I got Arizona, Marquette, Gonzaga, and I I picked Houston, which hindsight being 2020, I don't know that I should have. Well, um, you can change it. I I have time. No, nah, I'm going to go with – I'm going to stay with that. That's written in ink. So – I had Houston against Texas, and I was like, well, I think Houston's a better team, but they're playing in Kansas City, and Texas has been there a million times, and Houston has not. So, uh, I don't Memphis know. Memphis is my other one. Oh, okay. All right. I like that. That's it. That's, that's, uh, that's taking a, ooh, 
That's some guts. I don't think Purdue is very good. They're better than all the other Big Ten teams. But that yeah. doesn't mean a whole lot. That's right. I just I think that matchup is gonna burn Purdue. I really do. And then right. Tennessee is beatable. Then I have Memphis versus K State in my Elite Eight. Okay. I I think Memphis is an inspired choice. Um I don't have Purdue going to the Final Four, but uh, I think I don't know. Maybe I I've watched a lot of Marquette this year, and I guess I like them more than others. My daughter picked Georgia Southern, or I'm sorry, Charleston, to uh, to 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 win the national title. My son picked Florida Atlantic, and of course, you know how they did this. I gave him a bracket with the number of t- wins that each team had on it, and those two teams had the most wins. As a result, they picked those teams. I didn't tell them what to do. I don't I don't believe in that. I'll answer any questions they have, but I don't tell them what to do. So one picked Charleston and the other one picked Florida Atlantic. They're you never gonna... know. <laughs> but Charleston might win today. All right. That is our showdown for this week. We'll be back next week to talk recruiting uh, and to talk about the first uh, couple days of spring camp, maybe pro day as well. For Amy, I'm Sam. This is the showdown. Thanks a lot. <laughs>